Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to... Bitches as Innocy. Today is episode 34, and we're talking about Sith Lords of the Old Republic. Lovely. And so, uh, man, we've got a lot of material to cover. We're talking about two of our favorites, um, two underrated Sith Lords. Um, or at least under-discussed. Under-discussed, under-love... And over here. <laughs> I don't like him. His eyes are too close together. And he's a yank. Um, so today we're talking about specifically uh, Darth Nihilus, which is uh, also known as something else we'll reveal later after our newsy news, and Darth Malgus. Um, also known as Darth Malgus. Yeah. No he's for that guy. Lord of the Lords. Yeah, uh, so Darth Malgus and Darth Nihilus, two of my favorite Sith of all time, and I know they're part of Samuel's favorites, um, so I'm more of a Nihilus fan than Samuel, but we both really like Malgus, yeah. and so... I've always been a fan of Nihilus just since I saw the you know, old cover on KOTOR. I was like, what is this about? Who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, so we are going to cover that, and uh, first we're just going to jump into a little news uh, to catch you up, and so nothing super crazy, um, but there was some very cool uh, stills that had come out uh, from the Mandalorian that we wanted to kind of break down and discuss. There wasn't, I mean, I guess we could have forced ourselves to do a whole ep- whole episode about it, um, but this first picture, the first ones we're going to go through are the covers, mm. alternate covers for Entertainment Weekly. You can always count on them to come in the clutch with new photos. And so this first one, we've got uh, the Mandalorian in his Beskar armor, and he's got his little, he's got a, I guess that's a new satchel, and it's a little carrier for Baby Yoda, the yeah. child. And so he's looking nice. I'm trying to see. I think his, does his uh, glove guards just stay regular metal? He doesn't put them with some Beskar, I guess. Um, and then the second one is the child peeking out from behind the, the Mandalorian's child. boot. Child, cute as ever. Cute as ever. Cute as a button. Uh, thirdly, one of my personal favorites. It's not even has anything to do with anyone on the crew, um, but we get a dadgum Tuscan Raider on a riding on a bantha, and so one has to assume that that is a Tuscan on a bantha on Tatooine. Yeah, you don't see. So unless else, there's off-world Tuscans now, like yeah. there are off-world Jawas, um, my assumption is we're back on Tatooine, which yeah. kind of cements theories that we've heard and discussed about Cobb Vanth, the lawman of the West, Tatooine's self-appointed sheriff, and uh, which kind of opens up the door for Timothy Oliphant's character, and uh, which opens the door a little bit, perhaps, for Boba Fett. Yeah. I'd love to see how that all unfolds. I was upset that we never got a really good resolution on episode five of season yeah. one. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that they've. I think that they knew how well it would be received, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course, Filoni was involved. He directed that episode, and so when Filoni's involved, you know it's going to be good. And I think that he has a confidence to know we're going to be back next season, and we'll open yeah. things up more. Well, there is no question about the fact that they were going to return, right? It, and it's both good and terrible that the rest of the season introduced so many other things mm-hmm. worth talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, the dark saber we got. Yeah, I could have stayed on Tatooine. A, a surviving moth. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so one wonders how much resolution we'll even get in season two. Well, the rumor I've heard is very little resolution in season two, a lot of resolution in season three. Or the things that are going to start on Tatooine. Just like calculus. <laughs> so the the thing that I've heard is Boba will be back and he'll have a little bit of screen time in, in season two, but they're planning on perhaps, this is just speculation, I don't know, I don't have any, I haven't talked to anyone at Disney or anything like that, but um, he's going to be the main antagonist for season three. Which here's my problem with that. You know what's going to happen. They're going to have Boba Fett die because of the Mandalorian. Maybe he'll get a proper death, though. The way befitting a Mandalorian. Yeah, I just... 
here's the thing it's just not a man it's functioning rising phoenix yeah yeah it just it stinks because you know the same way i feel about luke skywalker in the sequels even though i love luke and i think he did a good job the way he was written not mark hamill's job but the writing job for luke in episode 79 was not my favorite and that's not because it wasn't a good job it's because i've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves and so i can't be you know satisfied with lesser things so i'm rereading legacy of the force right now and freaking luke skywalker's like what if i pretended i died and just cut myself off from the force so i could attack you from behind like i don't know just stuff like he's so such a master Mm -hmm. and so anyways that being said i've read the books and the magazines magazine um with freaking boba fett doing crazy stuff and so that just makes me it's gonna make me sad if he's like a sucky i don't know i'm not trying to get depressed before we even start the episode or even see the mandalorian i'm sure they'll give him justice because I haven't really been disappointed by the Mandalorian yet, so I'm going to hold out on hope. Exactly. Uh, And then the next couple of things. So the reason that we're going in that order is those are the portrait, and then these are landscape. So they were divided on our Instagram page that way. Uh, You got the Mandalorian lounging around in his new best car with the child just chilling there on a bag of peanuts. Nice. So maybe they're at Five Guys. Five Guys, Banthas, and Fries. Hmm. Yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, Los Pollos Hermanos, in space. What if he's just cranky because he's trying to get chicken? He's just hangry. He's just hangry for some Los Pollos Hermanos. Um, but yeah, Moff Gideon looks bad to the bone there. And I think he looks he looks like he's contem- uh, you know contemplating something. He looks like he's... I don't think he's stressed, but I think that he's, he's you doing don't a little get, mad. You don't get to be a Moff without being a little sneaky. Yeah. Um, and then we have the uh, the crew, so the main three. So now that Grief Karga is kind of on the Mando side of things, and he's you know Mando saved his butt a couple of times in a it row. Appears he's gotten a little stressed out between seasons one and two because his beard's gone straight gray. <laughs> so you've got Mando, Cara Dune, and Grief Karga. I like Grief's new outfit. Karis is also a little bit different, but same color scheme. Then you have a single still of Grief Karga. Uh, getting ready to beat the crap out of Rocky. And then uh, this is a cool one. Um, Mandalorian on a swoop bike uh, with Baby Yoda precariously placed in a knapsack on the very back of the speeder. He's fine. He's hanging on with both hands. Yeah, he's safety. <laughs> and then finally you got a new still of Cara Dune by herself. Um new outfit so very very cool stuff very exciting i'm excited for season two october 30th so yeah. uh coming up pretty hot this will be um what the 14th uh today is the 11th 12th 13th 14th so yeah. the 14th so we're a month and month and a half month and a half away so man we're almost there we can make it guys almost made it how's season two even gonna start we'll see man We'll Last see. year flew by just because I was just waiting for that next episode, waiting for that next episode, waiting for that next episode. Yeah. Hopefully, they feel the freedom to make the episodes like 40 minutes each. I would love that. If they follow in our wake. Yeah. Longer episodes. Longer episodes. Longer and longer as we go. Uh, so, um, besides that, uh, we're still both reading Thrawn. Yeah, it's I've, the busiest time of the year for me. I've been so very busy. With with uh, schooling starting back up with my job, so it's been a lot of work. But we're making, we're making, I, re- I listen, well, I listen and read, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to tag team between the audio and the regular. If right. I have the time, I'll cut, you know, through more content in the actual print edition right. if I'm driving or working on something audio. Just haven't found those windows. Exactly. But it's good. It's pretty good. Um, oh, there's something I wanted to say that well, I really like. Hopefully liked. by next week we'll have it. Yes. We'll have it down. Yes, yes, yes. And we will discuss. Um, but that's for another day. Today we're talking about two of the not only most underrated, most... Um, under-discussed. Under-discussed. And under here. But two of the most powerful Sith Lords of all time. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Maybe one of them is the most powerful, but we'll get into that in a second. I have my reservations. It's interesting because it's how powerful is he? You know what I'm saying? Is he in control? Right. Or is he not? Is he being controlled by the hunger? So here we are, episode thirty-four. We're talking about rogue lords, rogue lords, <laughs> rogue Sith lords from the old republic. I mean, kind of. All right, start the whole thing over. And now, but uh, rogue Sith lords from the old republic era. Uh, the beautiful thing about Star Wars is that it's not in our, it's not bound by our timeline mm-hmm. here on Oith. And so both of these guys are from thousands of years um, before a new hope. Yeah. So and, uh, it's uh, very interesting. Let's see, Malgus is like two, three generations after Revan. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're both they're both almost four thousand years before. Yeah. Um, so I would say that I'm a little more foggy on the Nihilus timeline. Nihilus was alive same time as Revan. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's I've seen pictures of Revan and Nihilus fighting, but I don't recall them ever actually fighting. I think that it's just kind of Concept uh art. Yeah, yeah. Um so We'll jump into Nihilus first, okay. and of course, per usual, we'll have a picture on the screen when we start talking about him, but uh, Nihilus is a, uh, he's kind of an interesting concept because he's very, very powerful, but the power is, it's two parts. It's, he's striving for more power, but there's something that's happened to him that creates the power as well. So, you know, honestly... When you see Palpatine with the space base at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, that's for sure not even close to the most powerful use of the Force that we've seen on screen. Mm. But I think that Nihilus, things that he did were more powerful. But it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's interesting to say, is it him or is it the dark side just using him? And so... Uh, basically, where we start with the story of Nihilus, that he, uh, as much research and reading as I can do and, and digging up, um, is that he's a human being. and was. He's, he started as yeah, a human being. Yeah, was a human being. And uh, was just kind of, there's a, a vast war going on between the Jedi and the Sith. And I mean, you know. You know, you know how it goes. <laughs> you know. It's interesting because well, they talk about him being to. around during the Jedi Civil War. I think they call it the Civil War in the same way that they would call the Republic War of the Clone Wars era a Civil War. Mm -hmm. It was just a war within the galaxy. Right. It's interesting also because I think that it wasn't super long before that that the the Jedi, that the Sith had kind of had a, a, they had had kind of a break off of, um, I don't know how long before, but I don't think that the Sith had just been the Sith for a super, super long time when this took place. I could be wrong. But there's that civil war going on between the Jedi and the Sith and the Jedi and the Mandalorians. And it's kind of... The Mandalorians were strong enough at this point in time that they're trying to take over the galaxy. The Sith and the Jedi kind of have parts of the galaxy that are designated to themselves... Mm -hmm. And the Mandalorians are like, we'll take all three. And so it's a crazy ongoing thing. And during this time is uh, is when Nihilus is a thing. And so um, Nihilus is basically just an average guy. And I think that he's within the Sith Empire where he lives. It's not super clear if he's already um, a Force user or a strong force user, or if he's just kind of a regular dude. What's interesting about the Sith, especially in the Old Republic, it seems that they're incredibly powerful and at the same time completely unaware of their power until later on in their life. Yeah. Like we see that with Bane. Yep. You know, he's just one of the... Using it for gambling. He was just one of the most naturally raw power, Mm -hmm. you know, type Sith that we see, especially in that era. Right. Um, But he was in his mid-20s. 
mm-hmm. almost early 30s before. Yeah, Bane is crazy really because you can't floor. really tell super how, like when you're looking at pictures, it's hard to tell when it takes place because the coal mm-hmm. mines make him bald. Yeah. So he looks old from the get. But yeah, Nihilus is kind of staying in that boat. So um, Nihilus comes in and he's uh, he's a force user. He's kind of with the Sith, but he's not he's not super passionate about anything. He has mm-hmm. a family. He has wealth. He has all these things. So I think that he's under the Sith rule, but I don't necessarily think that he is, uh, you know, he's not having any kind of weight in the game. It's an ironic lack of... Uh hunger for power mm-hmm. you know considering who we're talking about that he's willing to just kind of settle mm-hmm. at that point in his life he's mm-hmm. got enough to be satiated and he doesn't want anymore yeah he's doing his own thing and then uh through some circumstance the republic slash jedi either come to his world or his world is you know caught in the crossfire of the battle between the jedi and the sith mm-hmm. classic Pal. yeah yeah, and the guy's like, "Yes, you've brought it with you." Right, exactly. So, um, thousands of battle cards, thousands of teeth, and so um, we were, uh, we were. <laughs> I was there. I'm George Patton. I believe in reincarnation. Um, but there's a fight going on, and basically, his his family is killed. Mm-hmm. And whatever business or family wealth he has or whatever, it just it just goes to nothing. And, uh, you know, I mean, just think about it. Like, you think about, um, you know, beginning of World War One. Germany has it going on. End of World War One. you have to have, you know, I'm sure this is sarcastic, but they said it took a barrel of, a barrel of gold to buy a loaf of bread. That's just what the economy was like in Germany in World War One. So then you have someone like Hitler come along. And obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. We know that he's like one of the worst people ever, but he brings economic stability. And so, of course, the Germans are like, "Hey, this guy's not half bad." And that's kind of how Nihilus sees the Sith: is he doesn't give a crap about the Sith, right? And it's he's half-driven. he's against the Republic, right? It's half driven by the, I guess, the kind of rescue that he sees from the Sith, but it's also his hatred for the Jedi. It's a hatred for the, the Jedi, enemy of my enemy. Yeah, it's a hatred for the Jedi, and it's a, and like I said, this is why it's kind of sad to me because he gets kind of a raw deal from the get go if mm-hmm. you think about it. Because um, he his family dies, everything he owns or you know loves or cares about is taken from him, and in a fit of whether you want to call it rage or depression or whatever, he joins the Sith, and his desire is to die in battle. Yeah, it's it's like. He wants to die. He just doesn't want to do it himself. Right, right. And so he wants to go out like a, you know, like a man. So he's like, I'll, I'll die in battle. I have no problem. I just, I don't want to be here. Um, and so he's on the planet of uh, Malachor Four, I want to say. And there is a weapon that is called the Mass Shadow Generator. And how the Mass Shadow Generator works is it basically affects a planet um, by, you know, when you watch The Force Awakens and Starkiller base fires and it just destroys the planet, um, imagine that, but basically there's a secondary atmosphere that creates a mass shadow, as it were, and it's generated around the planet and it basically kills all life yeah. on the planet. And it kind of leaves, um, you know, let's say that you're here and you, you know, you look at the Los Angeles. Uh, you know, skyline or you're in India or you're in China or places where there's like a lot of smog and you can just kind of see, wow, it's dirty in there, you know? So imagine that, but a whole planet is just, you know, it doesn't really specify what the shadow is made of, but it's basically, you know, chemicals and it's warfare. And so uh, the Mandalorians and the Sith and the Jedi are all fighting and some Jedi is like, we're going to lose. So I'm going to hit this red button and activate the mass shadow generator, which destroys the world, basically. Surprisingly vindictive for a Jedi. Well, it's also interesting because you have uh, Malachor is the planet that Kanan and Ahsoka and them find Maul on in Rebels. And it talks about there being a super weapon that is activated, and that's what all those, you know... uh, What's that place in Rome where there's the ash and it's like... Is it Pompeii? Pompeii. Where it's just people are just like frozen in time. Yeah. 
that's where that's that's what Malachor is in Rebels, where there's they don't call it a mass shadow generator, but they say that there's a super weapon that was used, yeah. and that's you know Yoda's telling Ezra nobody really won, you know mm-hmm. wars don't make you great basically, um, and he's talking and that's what you know Ezra's like whatever it takes to defeat the Sith, and Yoda's telling him that's not. That's not the force. That's not the, that's not the light side of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone, it's kind of interesting because there's that rebels tie a little bit to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nihilus is on the planet and somehow survives this terrible destruction. I mean, imagine you're you're on Hiroshima or, or you know Nagasaki on mm-hmm. 19, 1945, and the atom bomb is dropped by you know the U.S. to end World War II. And you're the only person that survives, but something's wrong. And so when he finally comes to and starts making his way, you know, around, hello, anybody, what's going on? Everyone's dead. Uh, And he feels this terrible, crippling pain, and he doesn't realize it, but the pain is a hunger pain. And it's the, basically, he is in such a bad way mentally going into this thing that the dark side of the force has has really began to manifest in him. And the only way that he can subdue this pain is to absorb people's force energy. And so he comes across a survivor and they're like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, and and that hunger within him uh, consumes their life force. It consumes, you know, whether you want to call it their midi-chlorians or their force energy or their force aura or whatever. And it's basically their soul. It's kind of hard to quantify that, especially now that things have changed a little bit. Right, right. Um, You know, there's there's a dark side force energy or force talent from Legends that's called Force Drain, where basically you can suck someone's essence from inside of them. I was thinking Dark Crystal this whole time. Exactly. It's very much like Dark Crystal, where it's, you drain them of what it the means to be side. them, the dark side crystal. And so basically Nihilus is, it's really, this is really sad, right? So he's, he's doing his thing. He's living his life. His family is all killed and everything he owns is destroyed. So on a suicide attempt, he joins the Sith army and wants to fight against the Jedi and wants to die in battle. And then a freaking atom bomb is dropped on the planet. Everyone else is and dead, like three or four or five survivors. peoples, including him. And now he has what's called a wound in the force. Now I know that's, we're saying a lot of terminology here, but a wound in the force is, uh, remember during order 66 when it's basically when a lot of life is taken or if life is taking in a, in a, or think of Alderaan, it was like before. an inorganic way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, death is a part of life and, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda, they learn not to fear death, but when it's something that is shouldn't be happening. Like order 66 is not the natural order of things. No pun intended order order. But when the Jedi are all being killed, you see Yoda drop his walking stick and he's, you know, he, he clutches his chest. Something's wrong. That's a wound in the force. So imagine that moment existing as a person. And that is what Nihilus has become. And so he, um, the, the, I almost said the Bible says, <laughs> I don't know why I was quoting something. So I guess I just automatically went there, but, um, the, the stuff that I've read has said that he is, he is described to the people around him as a wound in the force. And they even say, if you, um, did you ever play Nice Little Republic? When he talks, he doesn't speak a language. It's like, but when he does that, it like people can die. It's just... He ex- he's a black hole. Like, you know when you're at a party and you're having a great time and someone comes up and they're a charisma black hole or a comedy black hole? It's like that, but life. So you're having a great time. The Hylus walks up and is like, and everyone just dies because he sucks the life out of the party. Um, and that's what it is, is he's a black hole in the forest, essentially. And so... Um, there's a dark side user named Darth Treya, and uh, she basically is looking for wounds in the force, which is pretty, you know, gutsy. Uh, so she finds him and she says, I can train you. And so as he feeds, it's interesting because as he feeds the, I guess, the mind or the soul that's still a part of his psyche um, wants to be free of this pain. You know, it wants to, it wants to be healed from this wound and for... You know, the way I've read it, it's like seconds. So it's pennies on the dollar. You you suck someone's soul out and you kill them and you take in their force essence. 
and for two seconds you feel fine and now the hunger's back and it's back and it's worse than ever before. And by the time it's all said and done, the bio, why keep saying that? Um, the books I've read and stuff say that he is uh, capable of destroying worlds and absorbing their force presence. And, their, and so that's to me, that's why I say he's the strongest force user. Here's, and he, the problem is it's not him though. Right. Well, and the other thing is that before we had Nihilus, we had Vitiate. Mm-hmm. You know, and Vitiate's still around at the time. Um, and he'd still already been around for like what six hundred years. Yeah, like Vitiate's a, a weird, a weird character because you have Vitiate. But he did the same thing who, to the nth degree already. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Vitiate is strange because he's. Um, how is he described in Revan, species wise? Uh, I think he's a Sith. Right? Yeah. So then you had the Old Republic RPG game that came out for the PC. And he was a human. And he's a human. Yeah. Which, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, we have... I, I seem I, to remember him being I think so, Sith too. Yeah, a pure-blooded Sith. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you watching online or listening at home, there's, there's, there's the, the pure-blooded Sith, Sith Order, and then there's right. the Sith species, which... For which the Sith Order is named. Correct. Um, and they have just, it's a blood red skin. And then where, see where our mustaches come like down jowls. here. They have like, yeah, almost like, like uh, jowls, like skin flaps. Yeah, like little, but it's 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 different. It's kind of like, um, I don't want to say like whiskers, but like, to me a jowl is like a pit bull or like a bloodhound where it's like a cape on their face. But th- these are like tendrils, I think is the term. They're just like little appendages mm-hmm. but anyways i definitely picture i just call him the sith emperor i don't mm-hmm. even call him vitiate because i'm just afraid but <laughs> to me uh he's just a sith emperor and yeah he's been around for forever god knows how long and we don't really know when he ends yeah you know um but so nihilus he becomes part of uh it's the only time that we really see this but he's part of a dark triumvirate um which is treya who's his master and Trey is really cool. She's this woman. Um, she's kind of got the cape that kind of covers up her eyes, but she's got like white hair. And um, as she's walking, she has these three purple lightsabers that just go around her. Like I don't know, it's hard to explain. I imagine if they made like if they made an action figure for her, they would need to make clear stands that hold three lightsabers because everywhere she goes, these lightsabers are just like flying around her, or that's part of her fighting style. Well, we're talking about action figures, Josiah's just dying to mention that... Oh, well, yeah, one of the reasons that I'm thinking about Darth Nihilus so hard is because they paid my boy some respect, and uh, they just... It's been rumored for a while on um, on different websites and stuff, but they are coming out with the Darth Nihilus um, Black Series 6-inch figure. They made a they made a 3.75 figure already, the, mm-hmm. the, the scale that I prefer, um, and that's one of my favorite figures. Uh, it's the Darth Nihilus figure. Um, but they made, they're making a six inch now. So pre order yeah. done. We're so done with it. while we're talking about that, one of the most iconic visual pieces of Darth Nihilus is his mask. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know what's under the mask. There's nothing. And under the, the mask. answer is that there's nothing there. So yep. the more powerful he becomes, the more he consumes. It seems that he himself is also being consumed. Very yes. Voldemort-esque. The more Horcruxes mm-hmm. he makes, the more powerful he becomes, also the weaker he becomes. Right. And so it's... And, and just like a Horcrux type of thing... So there you go, Laura. You want us to do a Harry Potter thing? Here's a reference for you. Um, just like a Horcrux, he realizes that... He's, so he's, imagine yeah. here's the scale, right? And there's a scale, and in your left hand, you have his humanity. And in the right side, you have the wound and the force. And so, obviously, when we start, he's all the way human. No wound in the force exists. Now, you know, it's 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 tipped, right? <laughs> and so, as he decreases and the wound increases, he's losing his his spirit or his Jesus, own essence or whatever. That's how scales work. The heavier end is lower. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like water weight, you know? Anyways. Water So, uh, but as the scale tips more towards, there's the... There's just a black hole wound, dark side of the force that's just wants to consume life. And he's realizing that it's now in control. Where before, Nihilus is in control. I walk in the room. There's Samuel. He has some force presence. I'll defeat him and consume that energy. 
and then I'll go about my day, right. and I'll go do this. And now he's just being driven by it. And so he he does a ritual that stores his essence, his spirit, his whatever you want to call it, uh, his consciousness, I guess is the, is the right term, into the mask itself. Right. And it, I think it's less... Um... That it's stored within it, like physically, but it is bound to it. It's, it's bound, bound to, to his, it. his robes, and in particular, his mask. Right, right. And so, um, so you have Nihilus, and you have Treya, his master, and then there's another apprentice. So, kind of like brothers, I guess, with Nihilus, and that's Darth Sion. And Darth Sion looks like uh, a dry riverbed. Looks like a car. <laughs> Usually orange, <laughs> and very low to the ground. Very popular in the early 2000s, non-existent today. No, um, so Darth Sion, that's funny. Um, so they take Where's their... a lot of rings? <laughs> they take their Sith names, and Darth Sion is the Lord of Pain. Um, so very much Darth Maul style. The reason that he looks like that is because his body is completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. But his hatred and his commitment to the dark side are holding his mortal body together. And, you know, spoiler alert, Darth Sion's in is he just decides he's sick of it and he just lets his body fall apart and he's gone. Um, but him and Darth Nihilus take their names. So Darth Sion's the Lord of Pain. Darth Nihilus is the Lord of Hunger, which is pretty sick. And they overthrow Treya. Now, here's what's interesting is they cut her off from the Force, but only from the dark side of the Force. So they could have killed her, and I don't know why they didn't. Or maybe they thought they cut her off from the Force completely, maybe, but they only cut her off from the dark side. Yeah, maybe they think that the only side of the Force worth cutting her off from is the dark side. Right. If she, even if she can still touch the light side, it's not a threat. It's not worth it. Yeah. So as Sion is defeating her, Nihilus is feeding off of the part of the dark side of the force that is being killed within her, torn from her. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, Nihilus then ends up going on a, a on a total rampage and is just, um, him and Sion begin the first great Jedi purge. Mm-hmm. And they kill nearly every... Can we talk about how the Jedi in this period of history are just like ants? Right. Like you throw a brick into the ant pile and immediately they just start rebuilding it. Yep. How many times they've just been cut down and three generations Yeah, like Revan and Malak have a purge. Yeah. And they've got to be around nearly the same time as Sion and Nihilus. And then Nihilus and Sion have a purge. Jedi just won't daggum quit. They won't stop it. Maybe there needs to be some equality on your side, Jedis, huh? What if there are two Jedi and two Sith? Quit being so selfish. You're so selfish. Um, So... Uh, eventually, Nihilus, uh, I think he either Sion dies or lets himself go or Nihilus turns on him, but uh, Nihilus is doing his own thing and his apprentice, Visus Mar, uh, is turned to the light side of the Force and so uh, his old apprentice and uh, a handful of Jedi and Mandalore, the, um, the Preserver, all defeat Nihilus. And they basically corner him in his in his room on his ship as it's taken as it's you know fighting, and uh, he had been lured there because he heard that there was a, a Jedi Academy that had um, minimal Force users except for the headmistress, and he was going to go there and consume all their Force essence. Pretty dark, and uh, so Anakin Skywalker, but instead of killing the children, he's eating them. So, Halloween Anakin, imagine that. <laughs> the Jack Skellington of Anakin Skywalkers. Um, and so he's defeated, and his spirit, you know, is still in the mask, and his mask is then buried on Korriban, the Sith homeworld. And so, ultimately, he could still be brought back. Right. Well, so, and- what will happen is if someone goes and was to put on, discover and put on that mask... The spirit of Darth Nihilus would then possess that person. The unique thing about Nihilus in this respect is that he became a threat to the Sith initiative because he had no loyalty to the Sith. Yeah, he didn't give a crap about the Sith. He was pissed off at the Jedi. Yeah, and when it came down to it, he's going to siphon off the life essence of another Sith. Just as easily. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had had no qualms about mm-hmm. you know dealing out death is easily to his and side i think also it makes him dangerous because he has no, he has no care for his own preservation either right he's literally killing himself yeah. by doing what he's doing and he's like i'll just lock myself in this mask yeah and that really kind of stops the bleeding in a sense because now it's bound to an object which is kind of a sith sorcery type of thing um and so even when he's defeated in battle 
um, and his, I really don't know, understand how this works, but his physical form is defeated, but the spirit is still trapped in the mask and the mask is buried. Right. And they can't destroy the mask because the ritual binding his spirit to it was so powerful. Right. So they just have to kind of deal with it for the best. I mean, yeah, you'd have to, your best bet is, you know, throw it in the ocean, bury it, stuff like that. So that's why it is buried. A la the mask. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save you, sir. Uh, so that is the story of Darth Nihilus. And we could have dragged it out and put some more stuff in there, but that's the that's the main things. Mm-hmm. Um, an amazing, amazing character. And now we're transitioning. Go ahead and roll the uh, title thing again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> So I'll kind of let you take the lead on this one because I, I definitely uh, knew a little bit more about Nihilus. Yeah. But uh, this next guy yeah, Malchus, may be my favorite Sith ever. Wow. Uh, that's high praise. But Darth Malgus is uh, one of the coolest, in my opinion. He's got some cool things about him. One of them is just, I don't know it's cool. I don't know why it's cool, but it's cool when people are tall. And so he's 2.2 meters. He's the tallest human Sith we know of. It's seven, like seven foot, foot three. three. I mean, think about it. Is that the, I mean, that might be the tallest Sith just... Period. He's for sure the tallest human that we deal well, with. There's like there's like a an Utapau Sith, you know. So like talk about the one from the PSP version of the Force Unleashed. He would have been mega well, tall. Well, a Powan pa- isn't that much taller. I mean, but th- you know what I'm saying. Like there are species out there. But hey, how tall is Snoke? I don't know. Continue. Um, so that's I don't know. That's cool. You talk. They talk about it multiple times in the Malchus book. Deceived. Um, about his stature and how intimidating that was. And he definitely used that to his greatest advantage. Oh, for sure. Um, some other cool things about Malgus are the, uh, like, dark paramours he kind of has in the sense that he definitely has Jedi rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which is Satil Shan. She's the granddaughter of, of Revan, Revan and Bastila. Bastila. Um, so Very, very powerful. Very powerful. So when she was just, I think she was just a Jedi Knight at this point, but uh, Malgus is leading an assault on Alderaan. Um and it's not- notable that, one, it's a core world. So that's one of the harder things to assault um, from the perspective of the Sith Empire. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that he's still relatively young at this point, and he's already put in charge of entire planetary assaults, um, which is to speak of Malgus's raw power. He's been compared to Darth Vader. Snoke is 7 feet 1.827 inches. Wow, wow, wow. Malgus still has it. Malgus Let's go. We need a... We need a uh, a Wookiee Sith to take over. Dang. Now that would be raw. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. It's hard to imagine, though, because they're so... Good-natured? Yeah, light side. That's how I feel about this new High Republic stuff coming out. There's that Trandoshan Jedi, and I'm like, well, uh, I can tell you from a mile away, this guy's going to be an issue. <laughs> one of the interesting things is that on, I think it's on Alderaan, yeah. uh, Malgus fights as a Brack Jedi. Um, what? So he's flying over... One of the destroyed cities. Yes. And he feels a force presence. He's still TO'd. It's just TO because he hasn't gotten a full body shot yet. <laughs> uh, at nice. the Jedi because he was defeated by Satil Shan. At that time, a Jedi Knight, but soon to be Jedi Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. So you know we're not dealing with anybody petty here. Yeah. She may have been a Jedi Master at this point, but she was definitely not the Grandmaster right. yet, is my understanding. Right. Um, by the way, if you haven't read Fatal Alliances, I know Jedi Great has, book. Great book, and you get a fantastic showing from St- Satil Shan. You get Satil Shan, you get Sith, you mm-hmm. get Mandalorians, yeah. you it's get just, everybody. It's a good book. Dallas Driver, one of the coolest Mandalorians ever. Um, but anyway, so he's flying over the city, he feels a force presence, he wants vengeance. Yeah. He's Dark Malgus, he the wants The reason, that's, that's why Malgus is so cool, because he is, okay, let's just be honest. He's insatiable. You've got, um, okay, let's just name some of the most famous Sith Lords, okay? You've got Palpatine. You don't really get the best out of him yeah. during the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You Same see him Vader. fight. You see him fight Yoda. We get that cool scene from Rogue One with Vader, but you get the still, cool scene from Rogue One with Vader. But nothing it's compared still, to like comics. But or in books. your mind, you're still thinking this poor guy. Yeah. He's so conflicted. Malgus is the guy who is dark side to the core. He is. He's the. He's got the. He's got the little helmet on that has the two little beer holders because he's the Sith's <laughs> biggest fan. Like that's Malgus, and so like because I feel like. I feel like Palpatine, the more we know about him, the more he becomes that quintessential Sith. Mm-hmm. But it's like, growing up, my mindset was, he's a Sith, but he's just kind of doing things for himself. Right. You know what I mean? And, and then the more you get to know, you get to see how 
He is dark side is number one. He's got the foam finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's Malgus. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so continue. Anyway, so he's flying over this. He wants vengeance. He feels a force presence. He makes the fleet turn around because he feels a single light side force presence. Yeah. His pilot flies back. It's so the, dark side of him to be like, you know, if I need to do something and I'm like, hey, you go ahead. I've actually right. got to go to the restaurant. He's not real delegating. Quick. He sends himself. He's like, well, not even just that, but he's like, you know, if if we're carpooling somewhere and I've got to get gas and I know where we're going and we're 15 minutes away, right. I say, hey, I'll meet you there. I got to get gas. I want to eat. <laughs> you know, Malgus is pull into the gas station. I'm getting gas. You need gas. You can get it too. If you don't, I'm getting gas. He just turns the whole fleet around. So they turn around, and his pilot's like, hey, don't. And he's like, I'm going. He jumps out. <laughs> the whole fleet's hovering over the city. He jumps out, jumps down, and he calls out this Jedi. He's like, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. He knows he's there. Mm-hmm. So this Brack comes out of hiding, ignites two lightsabers. Very a strong bit, in the Force. A little bit intimidating because, one, Zabraks are just a very strong Force right. species anyway. Two... If you are a bigger fan of the books, you realize how unusual it is for if a someone has to use two, two lightsabers. It means they're OP because it's it's it is complicated mm-hmm. to use two lightsabers, and so uh, Malgus doesn't care. Doesn't care because he's seven foot three. He's also he's he's kind of ticked, and so he doesn't even take time to gauge the power of the opponent. The opponent offfoots Malgus by pulling two buildings down on him mm-hmm. like skyscrapers pulls mm-hmm. him down so two buildings land on top of malgus he uses after the... he's just had a freaking mountain fall on him because the battle was the teal shan and he uses the force to keep himself from being crushed focuses it blows apart the two buildings obviously the zabrak is now on you know the boots on the other foot he's surprised he is he now surprised say. and uh Needless to say, Malchus has his way with this Debrek Jedi. Um, but that's just a little taste of what Malgus is about. Malgus, uh, he's... There's a quote that I, I can't remember specifically from the book. He's in uh, the book by Paulus Kemp called Deceived. Great book. Um, if you go, if you go to YouTube... One of the coolest things about this book. If you go to YouTube, um, Deceived was real kind quick, of quick. a... Have you oh, ever read sure. a book and you're like, I wish I could see this in a movie? What happens is, <laughs> so the cinematic trailer was made, yes. and he wrote about it. Yeah, so, so it's cool because um, Lucas Arts was getting to, getting ready to roll out the Old Republic um, PC game, mm-hmm. and so Paul S. Kemp writing this book was kind of part of that idea. And so the way that they have video game trailers, mm-hmm. well, let's include some of the stuff from the book in it. So it's very cool because some of your favorite characters, for instance, Nihilus, um, you know, you, you get to see like cutscenes from KOTOR 2 from like 2000 and negative 30. So the the quality there is not high tech. Windows 95. But the quality from this cinematic, if when you're done watching this YouTube video, since you're so loyal to us, uh, when you're done with that, type in Star Wars The Old Republic Deceived. And you can watch a whole video of him storming the so the Jedi Temple. This is a little bit later in his life. He's got the respirator he's now wearing. Mm-hmm. His fight with Satil Shan, you know, obviously mm-hmm. messed him up a little bit. So he's got a respirator now. Um, and he's leading the attack on Corazon, which if you've watched the prequels at all, you know that's kind of a big deal when an assault is led against Corazon. That is the core of the core. Yeah, it's kind of like um, back in the day you used to play Galactic Conquest on mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront 2. This is Nightfall. And uh, yeah, and we'll just imagine that. That's that's the story mode, but with the Galactic Conquest you have to take over the sectors yeah. and stuff. And so if you're playing as, let's say you're playing as the, uh, the Empire, well... You have to take over Kashyyyk, which is the Republic's, you know, strongest place. Uh, so it's it's harder to win there. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's, you know, it's Olympus has fallen. It's taking over Washington, D.C. You yeah. know, it's take it's 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 the strongest. It's the right. jewel of the crown. You know what I mean? And so um, Malgus being Malgus, he was chosen by the guy who was his kind of direct overseer. Uh, this is during the time of Emperor Vitiate. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he's doing everything, but he never leaves his room, basically. Um, so then you've got, you know, the 
less higher up, but still higher up Sith. Right. Um, Darth Angrel was the one who chose Malgus to lead the assault. So Malgus leads the assault, uh, is successful to a, a great degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sacks the entire Jedi temple. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't get much greater than the... You can't You can't do better than beating the Jedi in the Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. You know, another reference to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of the coolest things about the trailer is you see the the troop carrier land. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it breaks through all the pillars, and then it's all dark, and you just see, like, 800 red lightsabers ignite. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes, and one of his... The bigger fight from the cinematic trailer is going to be his fight with Vin Zalo. Yep. He's, he's basically the Mace Windu of the Jedi Order at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's said that it, that's his most notable kill to that point. Like, mm. that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So he expects this to translate into the destruction of Coruscant, which doesn't happen. Well, that's what he was promised. You right. go in here, and if you can do your job, and you... Because they're, they're talking... They're doing a peace treaty. Right. So Malgus, being the Sithiest Sith around, is he like... He expects that... You know, hey, so yeah. while we're doing some peace talks, <laughs> what if I did some really unpeaceful things? Yeah. And he's... So he's like, I'm going to take over the... You know what? I'll do it. I'll take over the freaking Jedi Temple. You guys bomb the civilians. How about that? Yeah. And so he does his part. And defeats waiting the, in the Jedi Temple you know, for hours. Think about this. You know, so... At this point, this is years later, so Satil Shan is the Grandmaster at this point. Mm-hmm. So she's at the meeting, and Vin Zalo is the guy that she says, hey, I've got this really important meeting, but just in case there's any shenanigans, you watch the temple. Mm-hmm. So Malgus goes in here, eats this guy's lunch, takes over the entire Jedi temple. They're killing Jedis left and right. And he sits in the Jedi temple for four hours, yeah, just waiting, waiting for a bombardment that doesn't come. And so... He finds out that he was essentially a pawn, even within the own, even within the Sith scheme, right. and that the sacking of the Jedi Temple was going to be translated into a bargaining chip, and not the coup de grace. Right, and that is not to him, and maybe this is a weakness, but it's just he's not. Um, you know, you have the the Bane line of things where it's Bane, you know, all the way to Palpatine, where it's let's play our play our cards close to our chest, and when the time is right, you know. We'll play the big hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Malgus, I don't think, has the patience for the long game. He not only wants to win, but he wants to be the guy hit, doing the knockout punch. And I don't think it's necessarily that he has a lack of patience, but he sees an opportunity and he's absolutely raging mm-hmm. that the other Sith don't see it that mm-hmm. way. Um, so he goes and he well, because to him, wants to confront the Sith now. To him, peace negotiations weren't actual peace negotiations. Right. They were a ploy. Right. So that we can do unpeaceful things, guys. Yeah. Why aren't we on the same page here? Right. And uh, and so, you know... He goes to confront Darth Angrel. With Darth Angrel is the guy that is basically... Uh, let's, let's say if Thrawn is Malgus. Mm-hmm. Then this is the Krennic. This is the Krennic. Ugh. This is the politician who really, he's he's a Sith Lord. He's a Sith Master, so he's powerful in the Force. But he is a snake. He's a snake. He's a snake. He's not the person who's going to do the dark side things. He's looking out. He's he's playing the political he's, game. Yeah, he's well. He's the guy that you know. Malgus is the guy that I'm going to play the game, but I'm going to 100 percent put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Like he. I think Malgus, it's not, I don't think it's pride necessarily. I think he really trusts how strong he is. Right. And and this character, I'll let you be the revealer guy, but uh, this character is the guy who I'm going to let everybody else do my dirty work until the very last minute if I have to do something. Yeah. And so he's... He has no good car ideas. Yeah. No good car ideas. And so... Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Malgus goes and has a meeting. Basically, Angrel mm-hmm. kind of chews him out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Malgus is the George S. Patton of the Sith Empire. Being who he is, he goes to um, retrieve his uh, Twi'lek friend. Mm-hmm. So you see him in the cinematic trailer. There's a Twi'lek walking next with him. Mm-hmm. She's technically his slave, but... They know each other in the biblical sense. They have relations. And so 
that's kind of his weakness throughout the story is he has love for her her name is alina daru Mm -hmm. and he's going to retrieve her he finds out that the other sith kind of maneuvered it to where she wasn't getting taken care of the way that he felt that she should Mm -hmm. and he kind of rages and destroys property Mm -hmm. uh also killing many of sith soldiers many sith uh, wounded, you know, yeah. prisoners of war, stuff like that. Doesn't care. Could not care less. I remember he's, you know, going into the hospital and he just flattens like an entire crowd, just super ticked. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also one of the Sithiest things, you know, that we read about that he just couldn't care less, you know, about the lowers. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's, he's an elitist. He's an elitist for sure. And... But it's a catch-22 because he's in love with his servant, Mm -hmm. who is not a human, which in the Sith Empire, it's there are a few species that are thought of as greater than. And Mm -hmm. obviously, the pure-blood Sith are kind of on the top of that list, even though they're getting fewer and fewer. And then you have humans and Zabrax. Um, But really, if you're a human Sith, you're... You're the cream of the crop. Right. And you shouldn't, especially a species like the the Twi'leks who are slaves, you shouldn't be... Right. And... Having relations a, with them. As a kid, Malgus uh, killed one of his dad's slaves mm-hmm. who was a Twi'lek just because he could. He just wanted to see if he was strong enough to do it. Mm-hmm. He did it. So he's kind of got, you know, this conflict within himself of, right. you know, he doesn't care about them and then yet there's this exception. Right. And I remember in the book, there's this scene where uh, his name growing up was uh, Veridan. Mm-hmm. And she calls him by his first name in front of other people. Yeah. And he's like, if you ever do that, I'll freaking kill you. I'll smurf on her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he really... He really, doesn't like it when she says it privately. Yeah. But she says it she where says somebody it. else can hear. Yeah. And... I don't even remember if it's clear, like, I don't even think necessarily anyone turned their head or anything, but it was just the fact that, you know, I don't care if everyone knows, I don't want to feel like they know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's saving face. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, um, you know, Adras picks up on this. Yes. Adras was kind of in the background when that happened, mm-hmm. he noticed. And so now he, being the political guy that he is, yeah. sees he has leverage on Malgus. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of comes back to this, you know, throughout the story, Malgus keeps trying to step forward and address basically blackmails him mm-hmm. with his feelings for this Twi'lek. And uh, before I just kind of reveal the Sithiest part of him, is there anything that you can think of? Well, I just like that he, he talks about, this is something he says in the book, but, um, you know... The Jedi, the beginning of the Jedi mantra, I think this is like the third week in a row I've said this, but the beginning of the Jedi mantra is there is no emotion, there is peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beginning of the Sith mantra is peace is a lie. Yeah. There is only passion. And Malgus takes that a step further and he realizes that the opposite of peace is not war, it's chaos. And so, you know, not Joker style where it's just random bullcrap, but it's you shouldn't be seeking peace. You should, you should be seeking dominance. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't have these freaking peace talks. So his thought is, you've got a drass that's going to go low. Mm-hmm. And instead of Malgus taking the high ground, he's going to kick a drass as he goes low. Right. And so, uh, you know, Malgus is absolutely starving for power, starving for war, mm-hmm. starving for the opportunity to destroy the Jedi. And if there are Sith that don't see the purity of the dark side, then he'll just destroy them too. Yeah. And that's what makes him such a great dark side. Right. It's because he's 100% committed to the dark side, whatever it costs. Right. And so Malgus, because of this, is kind of like Bane before Bane. Yeah. He, in his time becomes very dissatisfied with the way with the that way the that... Sith are operating. Yep. Um, and it really starts with this assault on Coruscant mm-hmm. and the fact that... He feels like they've lost their way. That He feels like they're settling. Mm-hmm. He feels like there are greater things to be striven for. It's very much the way that Palpatine kind of maneuvers Anakin's mind towards the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where he's like, we should be doing things differently. Right. And because we're not doing things differently, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And... Malgus is the same except for, you know, much more pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's seven foot three. Have right. I mentioned that? Right. And so 
most of the book focuses a little bit too much on the light side users. I couldn't yeah, care less. I could, I could give a crap. Um, but most of the book focuses on his inner struggle of coming to the realization if we're settling, then what should we be working for? And within his own mind, he's kind of reorganizing the Sith Order. Yeah. And he's. And I think he's also realizing... His weaknesses within himself as well. I can't be ticked off and angry at everyone else for settling if I'm having weaknesses and settling within myself. Right. And so recognizing that the biggest black chip that any of the other Sith have on him is this woman that he loves, Mm -hmm. which he admits he loves his mother-in-law. Oh my God. He admitted it. He admitted it. And so he admits his love for her. To her. To her. One time and then kills her. (laughs) Which I was, I, when I was starting the book and the first time I read it, uh, Pretty early on, I was like, he has to kill her. He has to. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched many a Sith come and go, and his road to power is great sacrifice. That sacrifice is the only thing meaningful to him, mm-hmm. besides his power, mm-hmm. which is this woman. Well, also, it's like, I know this is going to come off like really rude or whatever, but it's just nice to have a dark side character that's, that's so committed. just going to say dark side. Yeah. Like, would I have been sad if Kylo Ren died dark? Maybe a little, but I would have had so much respect for it. For the commitment? Yeah. And so... What if he killed Rey? And the whole saga ends, Dark Side wins. Some people would have been upset. I would have given it five stars. So after having rid himself of his weakness... Now there's nothing holding him back. Malchus is... The band-aid is off, <laughs> my friends. It's the He's fighting bare knuckles now. He's mm-hmm. got... He's not pulling any punches. And so um, he... Towards the end of the story, maybe like the last thing he does. Yep. He goes and... It's literally... I remember I remember. I was in college still. It was the year that we had moved from... Uh, to uh, the house that we had remodeled. That was our dorm. Mm. And so... Uh, or that was our housing or whatever. And so I remember... I am got my headphones in. I'm listening to Deceived on Audible. And it's like the last chapter. Like mm-hmm. right before the epilogue. And you just hear, who reads that book? Is it Davis or is it Mark Thompson? It feels like a Jonathan Davis book. Um, whoever it is just yells, Address! And I was like, oh. So you see him basically go to the Sith homeworld. Address is on the Dark Council at this point, I believe. Who cares? Doesn't, and, doesn't matter. But <laughs> the point is, is, he has a lot of power. Right. And he lives on a compound that's very well protected. Mm-hmm. Malgus still doesn't care. He infiltrates the thing by himself and has a dress. You know, he's ready to deal the death blow. Mm-hmm. And Narrated by Mark Thompson. Good job, Mark. And so a dress tries one more time. He's got him dead to rights. Tries to grab him by the cojones <laughs> and bring up again, you know, this I know this about woman. your yanny yeah. yeah. But what he doesn't know. She's dead. Is that Malgus already killed her. Yeah. And it's cool because you have this moment where Malgus did not want to have to kill her. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But he knew he but had But he to. needed to. But in Sith fashion, he gets he, to take out right. that necessity on his dress. And he uses that to then give him more anger and mm-hmm. hate and malice so that he can grow even more powerful. Yep. And so, uh, man, Malgus is, is adept at so many things. He's a great... Uh, He's you not. Know. He's not particularly cunning. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's not uh, a savant of you know military stratagem. He's not vain in the scholarly vein. But, but he well, one is thing is, is he's committed. A, he's a he's committed, and he's a freaking berserker on the field. And like he has he's, he's a killer lightsaber duelist. Yeah, and he uh, obviously he has a very very strong yeah. More, you know, in the Sith, you know line of things he's considered one of the greatest sith warriors of all time Mm -hmm. and um he didn't know how to play the political game really right he's kind of it's very thrawn in a way Mm -hmm. great at what he does not great minimalistic control over himself yeah and so um we finally get to really see him unleash with some he's he was really adept at sith lightning that was like Mm -hmm. one of his strengths and uh 
man, he just gives this guy the beat down of his life. Obviously, ends up killing him. Right. Um, but, man, that moment where Adras, of course, he's the, it's cool because he's the antagonist, but he's the protagonist. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he's a bad guy, but you're rooting for him. And, uh, you mean Malgus? Yeah. I'm saying when he goes to see Adras, okay. you're rooting you for Malgus. Right. Um, so even though he's a bad guy, Malgus is the main character. And so Adras is saying, you know, what would people think about your servant girl? And instead of that being the the purple nurple that, you know, shuts him down. Ironic that you would say purple because uh, Alina is a rare purple-skinned Twi'lek. Yeah, in the video she's blue. She's supposed to be violet. But she's supposed to be like a violet whatever. But anyways, um, you know, it's he's trying to, you know, give him the old like, you know, the flick old, on the old the, one too. The flick on the nip and be like wet willy. Yeah. Hey, I know. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to intimidate him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's demeaning to anyone. Right. But now that the, you know, the cord's been cut, my friend. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful moment of not only can this not hurt me, mm-hmm. but I do go out of my way to hurt myself already mm-hmm. to cut myself off emotionally from this woman. And now you're going to pay for my wrongdoing. Right. <laughs> and uh, he just completely destroys him. He just talks about the overwhelming force lightning and the overwhelming strength. And it's yeah. just, just destroys this guy. And one of the most interesting things about this particular novel is that um, if you've read a lot of books that don't deal specifically with Palpatine or Vader, uh-huh. that don't work as just like a bridge from thing to thing that you've already seen, that work as like a whole biography or uh-huh. story of that particular Sith, almost always the book or story ends with that Sith's death. Uh-huh. This is one of the rare exceptions in right. that this book ends... And Malgus is still up to his mm-hmm. his own games. And it's interesting because um, Malgus knows that the Sith Emperor is too strong to defeat, but he doesn't trust him and he doesn't like his plan. So story goes that he um, he leaves and he goes into the unknown regions for a while until the Sith Emperor is dead or believed to be dead. He returns and declares himself the Emperor, disbands the Dark Council because he says it's useless. <laughs> and uh and so he's strong enough that the members of the dark council reach out to the members of the jedi council and say both of us are screwed if we don't work together for five minutes and take down malgus and so they storm his castle which how dope is that he has a castle of his own uh they storm his castle and he's overtaken and he's basically um shoved off forced off or jumps off of you know kind of like a cliff um, and that's the last we hear of him. But then there's another story. I can't remember what this is from. But it's believed that he was then, either his body was captured or he was still alive and placed in carbonite or something. And so for a while, before um, The Force Awakens came out, it was, you know, fan not just fan theories, but like rumors and Disney is known, and J.J. Abrams especially, is known to put false information out along with real information so you don't know what the story is. Um, and so one of the rumors that was floating around, and I guess this is kind of how we'll wind down the episode, but uh, one of the cool things that was a concept was, hey, you know, people who have seen trailers or people who have seen pictures or people who have seen you know content from The Force Awakens, there's this ancient Sith Lord... Or a dark side user right. that's supposed to have been around since before anything we've seen on screen before. Yeah. And has survived some crazy stuff. And um, a lot of people were thinking this was Malgus who had been awakened by Kylo Ren and brought to power. And so Snoke, a lot of people thought was going to be Malgus, which is a really cool concept. Um, but man, I would love to see Malgus on the big screen. Right. And I think that because of the technology that they've used, um, man, if they wanted to do a whole thing in that art style like they had for the cinematic trailer for the Old Republic RPG, I would happily give you my 7 to $10 and see it in theaters. Um, but man, what a crazy character. Mm-hmm. And maybe the most just purely devoted to the dark side that we see. Absolutely. Um, you know, if the Jedi are peace, I'm whatever the opposite of that is. And yeah. that's why the dark side is perfect, because it is war incarnate. Yeah. Sometimes I I'm just want to make a joke, and I'm having a bad time. I say, mm-hmm. 
I'm just having, uh, what's the opposite of fun? Yeah. You know, and that, yeah. that was, he was like, I'm, what's the opposite of a Jedi? And that's what he was. Yeah. You know, he was committed full sinned, mm-hmm. you know, to the dominance of the dark side. Yeah. Such a very cool character. Um, he is in the smaller scale. Man, have they ever brought Malgus to the, the six inch black series scale? Um, one of my complaints, Hasbro never reached out to me, whatever. Uh, but I posted about it was, um, if you have a General Grievous toy, it's going to be, you know, marginally bigger than, you know, say a clone trooper, Chewbacca, same thing. And then Malgus is like average size. And I was like, guys, he should be this big. And I made a whole post about it and stuff. Nobody responded, whatever. Uh, but yeah, if they did a black series figure of him, um, because technically he's a game, he could be a gaming great because he Mm -hmm. was that huge, he was on a freaking video book, audio book, all this stuff for the Old Republic game. Um, and he's, uh, and they used Light Side Revan from that same RPG later series. So the door is open. Come on, let's do this thing. We need Malgus and George are in the Black Series. What are we doing? <laughs> Come on. You know that painting? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but those are two of the most underrated, under discussed, also most powerful Sith Lords of all time. Darth Nihilus, the Lord of Hunger, and Darth Malgus. The Darth Malgus. The Darth Malgus. <laughs> I don't think he has a Sith title. Um, but yeah, so those are two of our favorite Sith of all time. Uh, if you have a request, please comment on this video on YouTube, or uh, you know, if you obviously if you know us, text us, whatever. Um, and then make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this video, and uh, I keep saying this, but uh, we would love to uh, read a a uh, review from the Apple Podcast app. And so go onto your Apple Podcast if you have an iPhone or a or a iPad or whatever. Um, but I would love to read your review. So go on to your Apple Podcasts app and follow the Chess Ascendancy Podcast if you're already uh, not following us. And then if you would leave us a review, um, that would be awesome. And so I'm trying to find, if you go to our page, I'll scroll all the way down. We do have seven five-star reviews or ratings, but we only have one written review. Don't worry. I'm not from, <laughs> What's your brother? We have one written review from uh, back in February, so we're hurting for him a little bit. So mm-hmm. get out there and support. Uh, but February 7th, JRock210 says, Great show, great people. The title of the review is Star Wars fans will love this show. We agree. So spread the love <laughs> so we can uh, help Star Wars fans get their fill. Yeah. You guys need to be the lords of hunger for this podcast <laughs> and help us get our info out there. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. May the force be with you always. And remember, the only family you have here is me. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.